In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was without form. And there were no Democrats or Republicans, only Americans. Wake up, America. It's time for the Tom and Ken Show. I'm mad. I'm mad. There's a storm coming to this country, the likes of which we've never seen. A civil war is taking place in our great nation, not a war between the states, but a war between the political parties in Congress. The Democrats and Republicans are so busy fighting among themselves that they have forgotten something. And what's that? They've forgotten the American people. They've forgotten the very people who trusted them and elected them to office. And how can that be? Because our elected officials no longer represent the American people, but rather they represent the party. Good morning, guys. Good morning. This is Ken, the madman with... It's Tom. Welcome to the show. Glad... Glad to have you this morning. Hey, Tom, I I thought we'd do little things. I know we're going to talk about Bernie Sanders this morning. We're going to donate our whole show to him, tell you about the dangers that he has. But Tom asked me a question the other day when he was at lunch. He asked the question about what is a progressive? And I've thought about that for the past few days. A perfect example of what a progressive is is somebody like Hillary Clinton. And to understand that, you would have to watch her when she was doing that bit with that guy that had colon cancer. This guy had colon cancer. He was on death. He was going to die. And he came to Hillary Clinton to talk to her about putting together this program about uh, death with honor, which is a suicide program. She had absolutely no compassion for that man. And that's what, that's what progressives are. Progressives have no compassion for anybody except themselves. They're only interested in promoting their agenda, and everybody else is their subjects. It's kind of like the kings and queens. It's a little bit death, it goes a little bit deeper than that. To understand that, you're going to have to quit playing those video games and do some reading. You're going to have to read uh, several books. One of the books you're going to have to read, it was Vapor. Vapor had wrote a, wrote a book called The Spirit of Capitalism. That talks to you about it. There's a book called 1984. That tells you what this is all about. The simple one that I want everybody to read is called Animal Farm. I mean, it's like 100 pages. If you want an exact understanding of what's going on, you could read that one. Then there's another book called The Brave New World. But that's enough about that. We're going to talk about Bernie Sanders. I think Tom's biting at the bits to get on to talk about Bernie. Well, not only that, uh, if you want to know what's going on in the Congress, uh, uh, the political corruption that's going on, there's a a book called Republic Lost. And that tells you how uh, money, the big money, influences the decisions Congress makes. But our call-in number is 1-844-896-4246. And it's great to love to hear from you to see what's on your mind and what you're thinking about. But we just had the the Democratic debate the other night, and we saw uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton in action. Right. And... well, Bernie, the self-declared right. uh, uh, you know, socialist, socialist. and he calls him a, a socialist Democrat. Is there even such a thing? No. Because uh, what they're talking about is that you would have to vote yourself into socialism. That's right. And uh, what he's doing is he's appealing to the to the young people uh, and some of the, the the unemployed people, the the poverty, the poor the poor people, and so I came. I saw that. He came up with a twelve, with twelve uh, reasons to be the way he looks at it from his opinions and everything. And so, I thought I'd read to you, to you a little bit about exactly what he's talking about. All right, so, go on. He says, "So let me define for you," and this is from his own 
Tech. This is yeah. This is Bernie. This isn't something we made up. Listen, guys, we this don't make a lot of stuff up. Most of the stuff we give to you, we've read, and that's a. There's a key issue. Read. You have to learn to read. That's why I promote education. Now I promote education. I don't promote. I promote education of the scriptures first, and then the regular education. Go on, Tom. Yeah. So let me define for you simply and straightforwardly what democracy, a democrat socialism means to me. Sanders said. It builds on what Franklin Delano Roosevelt said when he fought for guaranteed economic rights for all Americans. It builds on what Martin Luther King Jr. said in 1968 when he stated that this country has socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for the poor. My view of democrat socialism builds on the success of many other countries around the world who have done far a far better job on what we have in protecting the needs of the working families, their elderly citizens, their children, their sick, and their poor. The first thing is you have to have a major political and economic reforms. Demo, demo, democratic socialism means that we must reform a political system which is corrupt, that we must create an economy that works for all, not just for the wealthy. Democrat socialism, to my mind, speaks to a system which, for the example, during the 1960s, and I want to hear, I want you to hear this, it allowed Wall Street to spend $5 billion over a 10-year period in lobbying and campaign contributions in order to get deregulated. And they want, they want, they want that. And then, to add insult to injury, we were told that not only were the banks too big to fail, we were told that the bankers were too big to go to jail. And this is a system that young people who get caught possessing marijuana, they get a police record. And many, many hundreds of thousands of police records have been impacted the lives in serious ways. On the other hand, Wall Street CEOs who help destroy the economy, they don't get police records. They get raises in their salaries. And bonuses. And, and bonuses. And this was what Martin Luther King Jr. meant when he talked about socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for everyone else. So let's take that for a minute. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when the bank, they said that the banks were too big to fail. Uh, I don't believe in bailouts for the banks. I don't either. I don't believe that we should put one cent of taxpayer money to bail people out who squandered. And then when they got the money, which was supposed to be put back into the economy, what did they do? They kept the money. They kept it in their safes and made more money off of it. And they gave bonuses and had parties. And and that was a misuse of taxpayer dollars. $900 billion to be exact. And they got away with it. And why? Because, like you said, a lot of money went to to campaign funds, campaign PACs, Mm -hmm. uh, political action committees, and and to help people get elected. And that's what we need to stop. Right. We need need, need, uh, campaign... Reform. Campaign reform, yeah. But, you know, I, that's one of the things that we talked about with Trump. It's not that I'm a big Trump fan, but, you know, Trump's money is Trump's money. He uses his own money. So he's a billionaire. He's not somebody who's going to come into politics and become a billionaire. He's already a billionaire. The other two guys or the other people who are running are not very wealthy except Bush, and his family's been in politics all their life. But go on. We're talking some more. And, but, and the other thing is, is uh, Bernie Sanders was in Congress that when the bailout was taking place, right. too. But I don't know what his vote was. I don't know how he, uh, he, um, 
he voted on that issue of bailout for the banks. I'm not sure. Bernie Sanders has been in government his whole life, hasn't he? I mean, he's never had a company. He's never been an entrepreneur, hasn't he? Always. No. I mean, he's he's made his money off the taxpayer, isn't that right? Absolutely. And he, then, go I've on. also heard that he was on welfare in the beginning. Uh, right. But I'm, I'm, I have to research that a little bit to make sure. But he's he's but, rich now, though. I mean, he's worth millions, right? I mean, no. He's not. His net worth is uh, between three hundred thousand and five hundred thousand dollars, but that's more than what you have out there. It's a lot more than what somebody, and it's all been off uh, Congress. So off of the government, off right? Off the government. Okay. So let's take number two. Is the second point is uh, an end to corporate welfare? It is a time that we had dem- democratic socialism for working families, not just for Wall Street billionaires. It means that we should not be providing welfare for corporations. It means that we should not be providing huge tax breaks for the wealthiest people in the country or trade policies, which boost corporate profits while they result in workers losing their jobs. It means that we create a government which works for all of the people, not just the powerful interests. It means that economic rights must be an essential, an essential part of what America stands for. But what you may fail to mention, Mr. Sanders, is that what about welfare for Congress? Right. I think the, one of the biggest welfare that we have is congressional welfare because they're not really doing their job. They have let the people uh, – if we're going to have a social democracy, you have to let the people vote on congressional pay raises. Isn't that true? And, you know, because they're not earning what they get right now. We're very disappointed in the – in the Congress. We're very disappointed in our representatives. They should also have to pay into a 401k. I mean, one thing we used to talk about with Sanders, that's right, he only has like 300000 But once he leaves Congress, he gets a permanent check from then on out, right? Yeah. He gets a retirement plan, which is something that none of us have like they do. He also has health insurance provided for him. Nothing like the Affordable Care Act. I'm sorry. Go yeah. on. Then we're going to touch a, uh, you know, a touchy subject here. Number three on this plan is uh, a national public health care system. It means that a health care should be a right of all people, not a privilege. I know that there are some people out there who think that this is just an incredibly radical idea. We'll be back shortly, guys, to talk some more. And Tommy's getting into a subject we have to break because this just drives me up a wall. Anyway, listen to the, remember what we said. Anytime you want to change things, look in the mirror. I'm a volunteer at United Way. I'm asking people around the neighborhood what they think this place needs. Wi-Fi everywhere. More playgrounds. More ice cream trucks. I was thinking more money in the pockets of local families come tax time. Can I change my answer? I was just kidding about the ice cream. When it comes to getting better tax refunds into the hands of local families, what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org. Because great things happen when we live united. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Adam. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take this time to breathe deeply and close your eyes. Right now, you're completely in control. Unlike the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. 
or when you tried removing those raccoons from the basement. Concentrate on the soothing sound of my voice. Release the memory of when you wrestled with that beehive in your son's treehouse. Let go of the time you thought that skunk was a cat, or when you pulled into the garage with your son's bike on top of the car. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. We all need the Common Core state standards to prepare students for college and the real world. Why? Well, when you're older, you'll need to be able to solve problems in lots of different ways. So you're learning how to do that now. Is that why my math homework is getting so hard? Yes, because it's no longer just about memorizing shortcuts. Now you have to dive in and really understand the math. It takes some getting used to. Like my baby sister. <laughs> kind of, but the standards don't drool on you. Learn more at CommonCoreWorks.org. And we're back. And like I said, Tommy's going to do the talking on this one because this just drives me up a wall. Let's, we were talking about progressives starting off with. Here's one of their great techniques. The Affordable Care Act. What will you learn from that? We've learned two things. It's called the Affordable Health Care Act. That's the appropriate name for it. Here's what progressives do. What have you learned from that? One, it's not affordable. And two, it doesn't have anything to do with health care. And that is a notorious example. I don't know if I use that word correctly. of exactly how they do that. They, so it's just a way of taking your money from you. Uh, Tom's talking about, we're talking about the national public health care system. Mr. Sanders was talking well, about. Well, this is in Bernie's own words. He says, but uh, uh, you know, imagine that all the people in the United States, all of us, having health care as a right. But I hope all of you know that uh, this is not a radical idea. It is a conservative idea. It is an idea that and a practice that exists in every other major country on earth. That's now, right. But, but to me, it doesn't work. I don't believe it's working very well in every other country on earth. I know that it's worked here pretty well because um, uh, if, you, if we take better care of our of our aliens and illegal aliens than we do our own pe- uh, people, our own that people, are yeah, over here. Uh, and Bernie continues. This is not in just Scandinavia or Denmark and Sweden or in Finland or Norway. It exists in Canada. I live fifty miles away from Canada, and not a radical idea. It exists in France, Germany, Taiwan. All over the world, countries have made the de- determination that all of their people are entitled to health care. And I believe the time is long overdue for the United States to join the rest of the world. And by the way, what a, me- what a Medicare for all system will bring about is an ending to the absurdity that the American people paying by far the highest prices in the world for prediction. Pre- Prescription, prescription drugs, pre- yeah. Prescription That's drugs. But cool. I think he's got a point on that uh, as far as the pre- prescription drugs well, go. Yeah, but Tom, remember, you know, they say, well, that prescription drugs are expensive. Well, that drug costs $50. Yeah, I did. The, the thousands of drugs. But the first prescription drug costs $50 billion for them to, to do it. You know, listen, I'm a capitalist. I'm going to tell you that out front. I'm not a big fan of the pharmaceutical industry. I think they rip a lot of us off. But if we take and do socialized medicine, we will stop doing the laboratories. They will stop doing the inventions because people aren't motivated by government. People are motivated by wealth. Right. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Okay. We take away any incentives. Right. 
then you're going to take away production. Take away production. Right. So yeah, medicine's high. I agree. And and now listen, I don't want you guys to think that Tom and I are against people having health care. We're not. We think they, but we think there's a better way, and our society has proven that. We have such a good health care system. If, if Canada and Cuba and all those places had great health care, how come when their executives or their big leaders were sick, they fly into the United States to get healed? Absolutely. I mean, the, if their system was so great, why didn't they just stay home and get it taken care of? Well, that's, I, a, that's a socialist health care system. That's a socialist health care system. Is it going to be the best health care system? Why do Canadians come to the United States to get Get treated. You're right, right. Why do uh, Europeans come to the United States to get treated? Because the treatment is better. They don't have a lot. The, the waiting lists are longer. Right. Uh, so, you know, and look at what's going on in now in, in, in my area in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. You can go around up and down some of the streets. A lot of doctors have retired because right. of this Obamacare because it is the Unaffordable Health Care Act. Uh, they, they would rather not work than right. have to work for the, the federal government. And that's what they're doing. See, there's, they're getting away from health care. Like I was listening to a show where the doctors were talking and were complaining about. One of the things they have to ask now is, and listen, guys, if I'm raising my voice, it's because this just really goes through my, this just really drives me nuts to the point where I could just scream. One of the doctors is asking, do you own guns? Well, you know what, Doc? It's none of your damn business whether I own a gun or not. That doesn't have anything to do about the, the bunion on my foot, does it? Yeah, it's not about health care. It's about control we didn't have a health care problem in the united states what we had was a health insurance problem in the united states and the That's purpose right. was to make health care affordable and now it should be called the unaffordable health care act because very few people the middle class can't afford nobody it. can afford it the middle class really can't and it's, it's not health care it's a tax remember the supreme court said it's not a health care system it's a tax it's a, then that's how they got away with it, because the government has the right to put a tax upon the people. And remember, in a socialist government or a communist government, the first thing that you control is health care. You right. control health care, you control the people. That's right. So if you want to be controlled, you know, what are you going to do? You know, Tom, Tom talked on, touched a very, very important point. It wasn't the health care system was broke. And I agree with some of the things that Sanders says. It was those lobbyists in Washington for the health insurance companies. Uh, like you couldn't, they couldn't go across lines. Why can't you sell insurance, the same company sell insurance in Florida and sell it in Georgia or Alabama? No, they couldn't do that. They couldn't cross the state line. They had to set up an individual insurance company, which charged more and was able to gouge the public. That was the problem. The problem was not the system of the health care, but the problem was the insurance companies were making a small fortune. Right. So what did happen? They eliminated all the major health care insurance providers, and now we have like three or four. Right. And so whatever they did, but and they're saying they're losing tons of money, right? Because people just can't afford to buy into their programs; it's so expensive. So uh, let's go to number four. Number four is a tuition-free public colleges and universities. And he goes on to can say, now I want to talk about democratic socialism. What it means to me is that in the year 2015, a college degree today is equivalent to a high school degree 50 years ago. That's right. And, and what that means is that a public education must today allow every person in this country who has the ability, the qualifications, qualifications and the desire to go to public college or university tuition free. This is a radical social idea. I don't think so. 
It exists today in many countries all over the world. And you know what? It used to exist in the United States of America. Great universities like the University of California, the University of New York, were virtually tuition-free. And in this country here, you know, we have free elementary school. We have middle, middle schools. We have high schools. Are they all free? No, they're usually paid for by property taxes, and yet we have the worst educational system in the world. So to me, it's not working, this free educational system. We need better, better quality. Quali- we need to really to get the government, the, the, the federal government, out of well, educating our kids. System. And also, you, we, this is something, I, and I know it takes two parents to take a, if, to buy, uh, to, to support a family today. It takes two parents' incomes. You, it's not like it used to be when, when I was a kid that my dad went to work and then my mother stayed home, but I never lived in that illusion anyhow. I was raised by a single mother. But what, I, what Tom's saying here is there's, this is a two-fold streak. If you want the education system to work, you have to get involved. Whether it's whether you come home from working a forty-hour day or not, you have to get involved. Your children are important, right. and your children have to get involved in the education system. What the, we have actually done is right. we've turned our education, our teachers, into daycare providers. That's correct, and uh, you know, and disciplinarians, and then we take the discipline away from them. So the, some of the biggest things that's happened in our educational system is the first thing is we took God out of our education. Amen to and that. Then we took discipline out of education, and now we have all these little. Creatures running around, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. breaking the rules, and not, you can't do anything about it. And if you do do something about it, or give them a whipping or a spanking, which right, in right. our day we we got it. Well, that's right. And we just spoiled, you know. We, well, we, yeah, downgraded we I mean, their education. We talk about this at, at this little part-time job. Listen, guys, when my grandma told me to go out on a tree and get a switch and meet her at the woodshed, it wasn't because she was going to teach me about what well, she was going to teach me. She was going to teach me about discipline. And if you walked in with a little switch that wasn't appropriate for get your butt spanked, I don't know if I can say that on the air, but anyway, I did. So if you walk in with that little switch, man, the beating was worse. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a beating. Don't misunderstand. You got discipline. And I was taught to say everybody, yes, ma'am. Ma'am and no ma'am. And I tell people, I say, don't call me yes ma'am. They go, well, and I, the guys go, well, you know, I was taught by my mom. I go, yeah, I know you raised in the South, weren't you? Southern, see, the Southern people, Yankees don't understand that. Down here, you call everybody yes ma'am and no, no sir. It's because it's a respect. You were taught that by your grandma. Listen, I was taught by my grandma that you called everybody yes ma'am and no sir. I don't care who you are. Isn't that right? That's right. That's it. That's it. I mean, it's called discipline. Maybe You're, not so much discipline. It's called walking the chocolate. Oh, yeah, <laughs> isn't that the truth? Right. Uh, number five on Mr. Sanders' list, he wants a government that creates jobs, not prisoners. Democratic socialism means that our government does everything it can to create a full employment economy. It makes far more sense to me to put millions of people back to work rebuilding in our crumbling infrastructure than to have a real unemployment rate of almost 20 or 10 percent. It is far smarter to invest in jobs and educational opportunities for young people who are unemployed than to lock them up and invest in jails and incarceration. Mr. Sanders, it is not the responsibility of the federal government to create jobs. That's the, the purpose of the of the um, individual That's corporation entrepreneur. and entrepreneur, uh, the little guy, the small businessman, That's the right. little corner grocery store can create jobs. But your job is to stay out of our business. 
And that's the truth. You know, stay out of our business and let us do our job, and we can hire more people. We can put people to work. Your job and your Congress job decided that they were going to create a, a, an organization called NAFTA. And like Ross Perot said, there was a big sucking sound of jobs leaving the country, and that was your guys doing. And you were part of that because you've been in Congress for forever. So, you know, if you want to create jobs, let the little guy alone. And so does every job succeed? No, it doesn't. Do some jobs fail? Yes, they do. But you know what? They don't need the back. Of, I mean, they don't need the federal government on their backs creating hardships for them because it's harder to do business uh, with making all these reports, 10 different reports, than it is to go on to do business and employ people and, and let them make a living wage. Here, let me give you an example of what, he's, what Tom is talking about. This administration has destroyed the code industry. Now, people want to say, well, co- burning coal is, is it, it endangers the economy or the environment. Well, not really. It really doesn't endanger the environment if it's done correctly. Yes, it's a little nasty. It's a little tacky, but it's an it's a inexpensive energy. Now, what they have done is they have bankrupt several coal mines. Now, Here's what here's what they're talking about. The federal government would get taxes on that. They would take taxes from the from the utility companies. Then they would get taxes from the coal companies. And then on top of that, if they was on government land, they would get royalties. So basically, what the federal government has done by destroying the by destroying the coal industry was destroy their means of income. So what do you think they're going to do with that income? I tell you, how are they going to renew that income? They're going to put ten dollar tax on a barrel of oil. That's where their next step is, is destroy the oil industry. You know, guys, if you keep destroying these industries, I don't know what you're going to do during the wintertime when it's hot or when it's cold outside. Because those furnaces that they, those those electric or those utility companies run to produce that electricity so that her, that furnace, I just get, ah, I got to slow down here. I just get so annoyed. This is really, listen, this is why they call me the madman. I just get so aggravated with this. You guys got to wake up out there. All right, Tom, I'm sorry. I can't go That's on anymore. okay. But the job of the federal government is not to create hardships for the for the small entrepreneur or the working people. And the working people, uh, you're listening to, to a lot of uh, of uh, bullcrap. Well, that's a good word for it. Because it's not a it's not true. None of these people. There's very few people in the United States Congress that ever own a business. Very few. Well, most of them well, are. Yeah, yeah, right. Go we on. have a we have a lot of people in there that they have no sense of the economy. They don't know how the economy works. Yet they're making decisions to tell the 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 brightest and the and the smartest entrepreneurs how to do it. Regulation, federal regulation, is a is one of the biggest downfalls of uh, our economy. Number six, a living wage, a real family leave. Democratic socialism means that if every, if someone works 40 hours a week, that person should not be living in poverty. That we must raise the minimum wage to... We're going to come back wage. to that. I'm we'll come back to time. That. Listen, if you have an opinion, we're interested in it. Our number is 1-844-896-4246. Again, that number is 1-844-8696-40... Oh, I didn't... That's all right. Who's going to get what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. Great. It sounds like we don't have a plan. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Visit ready.gov kids and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Psst. 
it's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Just treat me better. After all, we're in this together. To get your high blood pressure to a healthy range, visit heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Looking to reach a larger audience? Interested in advertising on air? Contact us by email at agminternetradio at gmail.com or on our website at theagmnetwork.com. Hi, this is the Madman from the Tom and Ken Show. With our stressful lifestyle, you need to do everything you can to protect your health. That's why I turn to Kessler's Wellness, the trinity in the wellness industry. They are always promoting health, wealth, and lifestyle. For more information, call 813-455-1147. That's Kessler's Wellness, the trinity in the wellness industry. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. Coming from another culture myself, I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home, and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Meera Batra. I help families see opportunities and succeed. I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The odds of becoming a signed artist and having four number one albums. One in 100 million. The odds of going on to win seven Grammy Awards. One in 1.4 million. The odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism. One and 68. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Okay, guys, we're back. Again, that number is 1-844-896-4246. 844 8964246 call in give us your advice we call this the wake up america shows cuz we're trying to get you to wake up we're trying to bring you to about to what's going on in our country and today we're talking about bernie sanders bernie sanders plan for america if he's elected president of the united states of america we're going to be we would first I think we'd have to change the name to the, the united socialist states of america <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we're on number six, Tom. We were talking about a living minimum wage and a family leave act. I think that's where we're yeah, at. that's where we left off. Okay. Democratic socialism means that if someone works 40 hours a week, that person should not be living in poverty. That we must raise the minimum wage to a living wage, $15 an hour over the next several years. It means that... We join the rest of the world and pass a very strong paid family and medical leave legislation that is now sitting in Congress. I want you to think about this, and I want you to really see what goes on in our country today. It's not only that every major country, I'm not talking about Europe or Scandinavia, 
virtually every country in the world, poor countries, small countries, reached the conclusion that when a woman has a baby, she should not be forced to be separated from that newborn baby after a week or two and have to go back to work. Making sure that moms and dads can stay home and get to love their babies is a, va- is a family value that we should support. And that is why I want and will fight to end the absurdity that of the United States being one of the only countries on earth that does not guarantee at least three months of paid family and medical leave. Oh, that's a long one. Yeah, isn't it? You know, I I I, I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah. Yep. Go on. I have mixed feelings about it too. But if you look at what went on in uh, in Greece, right? You know, where's Greece at right now? The only reason why. The American American economy is doing as well as it is, is because we print our own money. We actually print more money than we bring in. So, you know, right. Greece didn't have that luxury because they were on the right. euro. They were on the euro, right. so they so, didn't have that. Right. That, but on the other hand, you know, families should be planned. Right. You know, to, you know, if you can't afford to have a baby, you shouldn't be having them. If you can't afford to bring well, with people. The, with, you're right about that. With the way, comp- you know, you don't have to go out there and have you know, you know how that happened. You know how you have a baby, right? I'm sure everybody out in the audience knows how what it takes to have a baby. You know, Nancy Reagan had a simple statement about drugs. She said, "Just stop it." Well, here's my reply about that. If you don't want to have a baby outside of wedlock, you know what causes that? Just stop it. Okay. All right. Now, number seven is a is a very good one because they want to stop. Stopping climate change causing industries. Oh, gosh, you're going to really drive me up a wall with that one. (laughs) Democratic socialism, to me, means that we have government policy, strong government policy, which does not allow the greed and profiteering of the fossil fuel industry to destroy our environment and our planet. It means that we have a moral responsibility to combat climate change and leave this planet healthy and inhabitable for our kids and our grandchildren. Now, we may leave them broke, but at least they'll be breathing. Well, right? this climate change thing, you know what? They, it, it is climate change, but it's not because of the fossil fuel industry. Right. NASA's been taking – they've had records for over 15 years, and what they have discovered is that the Earth rotation is changing. That's what's causing the climate change. doesn't have anything to do with the fossil fuel. And how how can you – oh, this drives me up. This just makes me so mad. Let's go back to the one about the minimum wage before we get into this fossil fuel because I can talk about fossil fuel till I'm blue in the face. The, the minimum wage. Remember when I told you guys last last week about welcome to robots – what do you think the industry is going to do? You're going to charge fifty. You're going to make a minimum wage of fifteen dollars an hour, or you're going to go into McDonald's and you're going to be talking to a robot because robots do not pay, take pay. They do not take sick leave. They do not take pregnancy leave. They're there twenty four seven. Yeah, we were at Applebee's. Yesterday right, right. Having lunch, and on the table they had a little computer where you right. could order your own lunch. You don't need a waitress anymore. Right. All you have to do is plug it in. So. What what's going to happen? They go from ten waitresses to maybe five. Five, yeah. So they yeah. have to all do that. Needed, all they need is the people to bring it out to you. Right. Or, or they, yeah, they don't even need a waitress. They don't need somebody come to your table. You place your own order, and then they just have servers. Somebody comes out and they serve it to you. But anyway, to get back to, I, I just you just need to be careful about that. When you talk about minimum wage, listen, you're not supposed to have a career at McDonald's. That's supposed to be a starting point. 
You're supposed to better yourself and move forward. You're not supposed to stay at McDonald's all your life. Now, I know some people get trapped in that, and they can't help it. I understand that. But that is a starting point in life. Well, you got to look at, too, that the very people, which is your Congress, who who are complaining about the minimum wage and, and people working at McDonald's making minimum wage or making right. 4 or $5 an hour, they're the very people that created it because they shut down Detroit. That's right. They shut all the jobs overseas. So now you had people that were in Detroit making 25 to $40 an hour. They can't find a job. So where do they go? To McDonald's. That's right. And they're making now $7 an hour, $5 an hour. And it's not enough. It's true. It's not enough. But the federal government is the one that created this mess, not the entrepreneur, not the McDonald's, not Burger King. It was our fellow federal government that created this big mess. And now you, we expect them to get us out of it. Are you crazy? Right. They're not going to get us out of it. They're going to create it, make it worse. That's right. That's, That's right. Like Einstein says, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results, you're crazy. It's a sign of insanity. Right. You, the American people are looking for somebody to come along to get them out of the pro- the mess that our Congress got us into. But you're looking to the same Congress who got us into the mess to get us out. If they could have got us out, they would have done it. That's they right. would have done it a long time ago, but they can't. They should be bringing the jobs back, not sending them further That's away. Right. The, only person, the only person who came to earth to help us or to save us was called Jesus Christ. He was the one who came and gave us salvation. Those guys in Washington, D.C. are not Jesus Christ. There's only one God, one Jesus Christ, one salvation. And the people in Washington, D.C. are not that salvation people. Now we're going to go, we got off the preaching part, we're going to go back to the environmental because I've calmed down a little bit. Yeah, the, the, the world, the United States of America has probably the, the strictest uh, well, regulations. laws or regulations. They put for, the coal for, industry out of business. Yeah, they put the coal industry out of business. They're trying so, to do the same thing with the oil industry. Right. So how worse, How bad, how f- much further can they go with this? It's, it's, it's crazy. Well, it's crazy. They're putting yeah. a hardship on, on the car manufacturers to, to get more gas mileage, yet, right. yet they don't want to use the gasoline. So what are, you, what are we doing here? The, it, it's, we have people that don't know what they're doing. And we need more entrepreneurs. We need what we really need in, in our our government right now are business people, right? People that know how to to work the economy. People that are that are uh, familiar with the economy and how it works. Economics, not socialists. People who have invented j- jobs. People who know how to make jobs. Listen, there's not a politician in, uh, in Washington D.C. that has ever made a job or met a payroll or have met up with the stupid rules that they've made. And if you ask any entrepreneur. Or any business owner, and I'm talking about the little guy on the corner, the little mom and pop shop. You ask him what the biggest detriment to his business is, and it's the federal government. Amen. Amen. Now you go, hey, guys, you need to get that entrepreneur spirit. If you want to change Washington, you got to get that entrepreneur spirit. You got to get involved. You got to get involved. You got to wake up and see the writing on the wall. Right. It's not working. Well, let's go to number eight. Uh, Mr. Sanders says, the wealthy must pay a fair share of taxes. Democratic socialism means that in a de- democratic, civilized society, the wealthiest people and the largest corporations must pay their fair share of taxes. Yes, innovation, entrepreneurship, and business success should be rewarded. But greed, for the sake of greed, is not something that public pos- policy should support. 
It is not acceptable to me that in the period of time, in the last two years, 15 of the wealthiest people in this country, 15 people saw their wealth increase in this rigid economy, rigged economy, by $150 billion. Got it? Two years, 15 people, $170 billion increase in their wealth. That is more wealth than is owned by the bottom 130 million Americans. Let us not forget what Pope Francis has to uh, has so eagerly, elegantly stated, and I quote, We have created new idols. The worship of the golden calf of old has found a new and heartless image in the cult of money and the dictatorship of an economy which is faceless and lacking any true human goal. End of the quote. In other words, we've got to do better than that. It's not a political issue. It's not an economic issue. It's a cultural issue. We have got to stop worshiping people who, who make billions and billions and billions of dollars while we have the highest rate of childhood poverty in any major country. But you may fail to mention, Mr. Sanders, is that some of the richest people in the world are our own Congress. Yeah, isn't that you the know, truth? They, they created more wealth in the Congress in the last 10 years than— Probably these fifteen pe- people you're talking about on a percentage basis. On the, yeah, you know, our yeah. Congress people go in there, go get elected to Congress as thousandaires, and all of a sudden they become millionaires. And how does that happen, Mr. Sanders? We need to regulate our own. You need to you need to clean your own house. Well, why should they? Why should Congress? Here's a here's a typical thing. Why should Congress give themselves a pay raise without asking the American voter first? Can they have the pay raise? Who who elected them? We elected them to that office. They're there to represent us. They're not they, there to get rich. They want a democratic society, a democratic socialist society, until it comes time to regulate their own. Then. Then they, then don't, they don't want right. uh, a democratic no more. They wanted the socialists. They want to do their own thing without the American people well, who elected them. Uh, like I, we said last week, there's no difference between a socialist and a communist. Well, there is. Socialists voted in, communists forced it in. That's about the only difference. So don't think that the, if you want to know what would happen if the United States becomes a socialist nation, just look at Detroit. That's all you got to do. That's, if that's what you want to live, is like to live in Detroit, that's a perfect example. Or USSR. Well, most of you don't know who the USSR was. Most of you are, all you know is Russia. You don't know the United States of Soviet Union, the Soviet Union that fell under Ronald Reagan. If you, the reason they fell is because they couldn't feed themselves. Do you get it? Do you get it? Communist doesn't work. And don't think that you're going to work 40 hours. Because if you become a communist or socialist, you don't have to worry about getting paid. You're going to work. And if you read the book called Animal Farm, you'd get an understanding of what he's talking about. Everybody's going to work. And then what you do is you get a little ration card. And from that ration card, you have to get your food. Well, if the farmers can't grow the food, what good does it do to have a ration card? Right. right. The biggest industry in, in Russia was, was vodka. Was vodka, yeah. They, that's because everybody was depressed. And drunk. And drunk. <laughs> All right. Number nine. America's political system must be a democracy. We're not a democracy, we're a republic, but this gentleman wants to go to to be a democracy. A democratic socialism, to me, does not mean that we just create a nation of economic and social justice and environmental sanity. 
Of course, it does mean that. But it also means that we must create a vibrant democracy based on the principle of one person, one vote. Is it extremely sad, and I hope all of you will pay a lot of attention to this issue, it is extremely sad that the United States, one of the oldest, most stable democracies in the world, and I think, Mr. Sanders, it's the oldest democracy, not one of the oldest, but the oldest Mm -hmm. democracy in the world, has one of the lowest voter turnouts in any major country, and that millions of young people and working class people have given up on the political process entirely. And I think he's got a point there. He does have a point there. He's got a point there that that, uh, we have the lowest voter turnout than anywhere in the world, probably. Uh, In countries, in South American countries, they have to show up at the point of a gun. Now, that's desperate there. But you know what? I've ran into a young young man uh, the other day that he is totally... On, on, he's lost his faith in the American in the American system. That's because they don't understand yeah, the American system. Under, they don't yeah. understand it, but the, they lost faith. And then, and when we were running right. uh, for my campaign uh, many years ago, we ran, we knocked on doors, and people had just given up, and they weren't voting anymore because it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make make any any difference because whoever they put in there is corrupt because you send a new guy into with the old pack of wolves and the old wolves will eat them up. Mm-hmm. So that, they mm-hmm. don't have they don't have any say so of what's going on and and you have young people that want to fight for for our country and it, and it's coming down to the point where you have to reeducate and you have to look in the mirror. Right. You have to look at yourself and say what am I going to do here? What what does it mean? When do you become an American first? Right. That's what John Kennedy said. One of the things that John Kennedy said was I was really impressed with his ministry was that or his administration was ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Listen, guys, we have a republic. The reason our forefathers set it up in a republic is so that you, the individual, could get involved. You've been taught all these years. This is why we say the government needs to get out of the education system. You've been taught that we're a democracy, which were the majority rules. That's not the case, guys. It's it's a republic. A representative a, a, a representative. You nominate a representative to represent you, to go to Washington and represent you. And if they don't represent you, you get them out. And you go, well, how do you do that, man? Man, there's several ways. You can take it to court. You can have them impeached which most people don't realize, all those people up there in Washington, D.C., every one of them, even the Supreme Court justices can be impeached. It's a little bit harder to impeach a Supreme Court justice, but you can impeach them. The power of vote uh, is to the people. Guys, our forefathers gave us the greatest thing on the planet. They gave us a republic that was given to the people. If you don't wake up and see that, you're just going to lose it. And then we don't have to worry about it because, you know, we're all going to be living in communists because there's no such thing as a socialist government. Don't even buy that nonsense. It's a communist government. And if the only people are going to rule, it's going to be the people who are a member of the Communist Party. Well, let let, let Bernie continue here because he says, uh, in the last midterm election just a year ago, 63% of the American people didn't vote. 80% 80% of the young people did not vote. Clearly, de- despite the efforts of many American governors who want to suppress the vote, makes it harder for people of color and old people to participate in the political system. We'll be back we shortly. Be right back. Our calling number is 
Know what's really going on with your government? Tune in to the Tom and Ken Show. I don't mean to interrupt, but it's like we said last week when we talked about Hillary Clinton. There was fourteen. There was like ten people gave her fourteen fourteen million and a half dollars for her campaign. Right. So the richest man in the world, William, Mr. Buffett. Yeah. Uh, he's supposed to be the richest guy in the world. She just he just endorsed Hillary Clinton and gave her a bunch right. of money. So you know what is that about? You know uh, if if if. She only, if they don't represent the rich, why is he giving her money? It's the Mad Men, Tom and Ken, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. right here on the AGM Radio Network. For our troops and their families, the military is more than a career. It's a journey, and every step along the way, the USO is there. It's an experience that that soldier will never forget. That's what the USO does. Be a part of their journey. Learn more today at USO.org. There's one thing you can never have sex without. It's consent. Because sex without it isn't sex. It's on us to stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Hey, beautiful people. This is Dr. D from the Greater Day Cafe. Listen, are you looking for a good lunch spot? You know, somewhere to get some good tasting, healthy living, inspirational food for thought. Well, join me and the Greater Day Cafe crew for lunch every Saturday at 12 noon right here on the AGM Network. But remember, this is a bring-your-own-lunch kind of affair. Just thought you should know. When you want to avoid rush hour traffic, you turn to your smartphone for real-time help. In a smart city, buses run on time. Good jobs are near good housing. And energy is used wisely to prevent blackouts. Planners are making cities smart today and even smarter tomorrow. Putting the power of information to work for you. Delivering the services you need and creating the communities you want. Learn more at planning.org. That's planning.org. A message from this station and the American Planning Association. Okay, guys, we're back. Now, listen, that number is 1-844-896-4246. We can talk all the time, but we want to hear from you. Right. Hey... We're talking about Bernie Sanders this morning. Uh, right. He was on the TV the other night with uh, in a debate with Hillary Clinton. And to be honest with you, who really knows what socialism socialism really works, what he's talking about? So right. we looked it up and we came up with uh, the 12 ideas that he's talking about, that Bernie Sanders, in his own words, that when he was talking to uh, on his campaign trail, uh, some of the things that he's talking about. So uh, number 10 uh, de- democratic socialism is not a takeover of the government. All right. Bernie says that the next time you hear me attack as a socialist, like tomorrow, remember this. I don't believe government government should take over the grocery store down the street or on the means of production. But I do believe that the middle class and the working families who produce the wealth of this country deserve a decent standard of living and that their income should go up, not down. I do believe in private companies that thrive and invest and grow in America. Companies that create jobs here rather than companies that are shutting down in America, increasing their profits by exploiting low-wage labor abroad. I believe that most Americans can pay lower taxes if hedge fund managers who make millions or billions Manipulating the marketplace finally start paying the taxes that they should. So, 
He doesn't believe in a government takeover, so that means you have to vote socialism in. Right. You have to vote it in. Once you vote it in, you don't have to worry about it. You're not going to be able to vote it out. Once it's here to stay, it's here to stay, baby. And you're you're stuck with it. All it does is advance into communism. Now let's let's just talk right here. For one I'm gonna give you a brief I'm gonna give you a brief education on what this is talking about. This is talking this is Karl Marx this comes right out of the playbook of Karl Marx. What Karl Marx talked about was that the people in the factory worked and they helped create tools. And those tools were created by the factory. Now the entrepreneur who owned the factory would pay the worker a salary at every Friday, and that was what it is. What he's talking about is what Karl Marx talks about is that the, that the person who helped made those tools is also entitled to the profit that those tools bring in. What they forget is that the people who put the factories together, yeah, they make a profit. But how many times have you been in business? I know I've been in business, and several of my businesses fail. I don't recall any of the people who work for me giving me money to, for my failure. See, that's the difference. Uh, you, to understand Karl Marx, you have to understand one thing to start off with. There's no such thing as utopia. Santa Claus isn't real. Sorry I bust your bubble. Santa Claus isn't real. If somebody says they're going to give you something for free, you better get away from it as quick as you can. There is no free lunch. No free lunch. All right. Number 11. Equal treatment by government, not racism. I don't believe in special treatment for the top 1%, but I do believe in equal treatment for African Americans who are right to complain or proclaim the, the moral principle that black lives matter. I despise appeals to nativism and prejudice, and a lot of which we have been hearing in recent months. And I do probably believe in immigration reform that gives Hispanics and others a pathway to citizenship and a better life. And while I'm on that subject, let me say a real word of concern to what I've been hearing from some of the Republican candidates for the president in recent months. People can have honest disagreements about immigration or about anything else. It's called democracy. But people should not be using the political process to inject racism into the debate. And if Donald Trump and others refer to Latinos, people from Mexico as criminals and rapists, if they want to open that door, our job is to shut that door and shut it tight. That's right. Well, Some point in time, you got to stop seeing color and start seeing people. Right. You got to stop seeing color and see people. Get it? Yes. And uh, you got a very good point there. And number twelve, do not become cynical. Work for change. Do not. Do not. Do not become cynical. I'm running for president in order for all of us to be able to live in a nation of hope and opportunity, not for some, but for my seven grandchildren and for all of you. Nobody understood better than Franklin Delano Roosevelt that the connection between the American strength at home and our ability to defend America around the world, and that is why he proposed a second Bill of Rights in 1944 and said that the very same state of the Union, and I quote again, America's own rightful place in the world depends in a large part upon how fully these and similar rights have been carried into practice for all citizens. For unless there is security here at home, there cannot be lasting peace, lasting peace in the world. Well, that's the 12 steps or the 12 yeah, ideas still... that, from uh, socialism. Let's talk about Franklin D. Roosevelt for just a minute. I don't mean to cut you off there, Tom, but this is kind of a sore subject. 
Franklin Roosevelt did, you know, it was Franklin Roosevelt that was president of the United States when Pearl Harbor was bombed. They cut back the military to the point where we weren't putting on a good defense. His his nephew, I forget, I'd have to study the risk. But anyway, he cut back the military. Now, how did people say, how did Franklin Roosevelt do what he did? The first thing you got to understand is Franklin Roosevelt was among those people. He was from the rich class. He knew the people he was talking to. And how he changed it was he went in and he told the bankers and the rich people, if you don't do something to ease the attention of the depression, I am going to reinvent a new currency and give you a dime on the dollar. So that basically meant all the rich people he knew was instantly going to be broke. So they, well, what'd they do? They jumped right in there and helped him create a, a, a thing getting back on. But what did he create? Franklin Roosevelt didn't create an entrepreneurship. He created a bigger government. I, I don't, I don't get that. I, I mean, how can more government benefit you? I mean, more government <laughs> regulations only hurts, only harms the American people. You know, we all have options, and we all have of our, of our own dignity, and we all have our own health uh, uh, requirements and our own family needs. Our job as as people, the American right. people, we don't have to sit there and take it. We don't have to sit there and, and take a, the employment from one gentleman. You always have that option to go into business for yourself. And let me tell you one thing the government does do is that does do wrong is that they don't help you go into the business. But they'll be the first thing, they, they'll be the first ones there with their hand out. That's right. Once you get into business and you're making a little bit of money. They're the first ones that want want their cut. Just look at anybody who who uh, hits the lottery, for instance. You, right. know, you hit a billion a million dollars in the lottery, you're going to get half of that, and then the government gets thirty percent, thirty five percent, fifty percent, fifty percent. They get fifty percent. I think it's fifty percent. Time you get all the taxes, right. and, and they never even bought a ticket. No, they didn't buy. They yeah. didn't buy a ticket. Well, yeah. that's the same way with the business. But they're there with their hand out. Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. always there with their hand. Well, right. that's one of the things that Bernie Sanders didn't tell you. Right. With the socialist government, you become an entrepreneur. You build a successful business. Well, the government says, hey, this is a successful successful business you got here. We want it. We're taking it, and it's ours. And right. that's, we want to make sure you're doing this. Uh, right, give us right. a key to your door. Give us a key you know? to your door. And, and they, want, they want in. If not, you don't give them the key. They give you the lock. That's right. They, right. they bring in their police state. Right. And now that we're finished uh, uh, you know, with this uh, socialist program, let me, let me just say this. If socialism is so great, how come it failed? If socialism is so great, what, Mr. Sanders, why don't, why don't you go to Cuba? Amen to that. Why don't you go to Cuba and see how they live down there? Because Cubans are still coming here. That's right. They, they, they're no longer on the rafts. Now they're catching planes to South America, from South America to Mexico, and from Mexico they're walking on in. And once the Cuban gets here... They're automatic citizens, or, or, or right, they're, right. they're here for good because they qualify for the for all the benefits that you and I don't qualify for, and then that, that needs another. That's another thing that needs to be addressed. But you know, we're not going to do it on this radio. We're not program. going to do it here because we're running out of time. Right. What what Tom's? Well, here's what we're saying, guys. We want this is a nation of immigrants. We're all immigrants of some form or another. Okay. But don't jump the fence and come knocking on my back door and say you want to come into my house. If you want to come into my house, come to the front door and ask to come in correctly. That, that's the only way you're going to get it. We'll help you. I mean, listen, if you want to start an entrepreneurship, Tom and I'll help you. We're into that. We want people to, to grasp the entrepreneur. We also want you to spirit. grasp the, yeah, we the, want to press the spirit. 
That's right. Right. The spirit, and also grasp the spirit of what a republic really is, not a democracy. And we want you to get involved in the political system, not not so much to you know, but you get a, be aware of what's going on in the country. Be aware of who our candidates are. Be aware of your candidate on the on the, your city council, your your mayor, right. your 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 congressperson. You need to look and see what's going on here. Well, thank you for joining us today. That's it. And this is Tom. And the Madman. We'll be back next Saturday to talk more about the ways and problems of the United States. And tune in at 10 o'clock. We'll see you next week.